Hello, Nexus Church family online to our final week in our series we've titled Savage. In this series, we've taken a look at individuals in the Bible who stepped up and did pretty amazing things for God. Yet they were normal individuals like you and I. And today we're going to look at a lady by the name of Jael, a wife of a husband, just an ordinary person who was obedient. And even though she had no right to do what she did in her own being, she went forward to God's call and she was obedient. And we're going to find out that a simple yes is all that God is asking of us. He's not looking for stature. He's not looking for wisdom. He's not looking for skills. He's simply looking for obedience. And my hope for you today is that you will say yes to what God has asked of you. Will it be easy? No. Will you have all the things you need? No. Will it take faith? Absolutely. And so let's begin by reading this story. And it begins with a person who should have been obedient, but didn't. So Judges chapter 4, verse 1. Again, the Israelites did evil in the eyes of the Lord, now that Ehud was dead. So the Lord sold them into the hands of Jabin, king of Canaan, who reigned in Hazor. Sisera, the commander of his army, was based in Herosheth, Hagoim. Because he had 900 chariots fitted with iron and had cruelly oppressed the Israelites for 20 years, they cried out to the Lord for help. Now Deborah, a prophet, the wife of Lapidoth was leading Israel at that time. She held court under the palm of Deborah between Ramah and Bethel in the hill country of Ephraim. And the Israelites went up to her and had their disputes decided. She sent for Barak, son of Abinonam, from Kadesh in Naphtali, and said to him, The Lord, the God of Israel, commands you, Go, take with you 10,000 men of Naphtali, and Zebulun, and lead them up to Mount Tabor. I will lead Sisera, the commander of Jabin's army, and his chariots and his troops to the Kishon River, and give him into your hands. Barak said to her, If you go with me, I will go. But if you don't go with me, I won't go. Certainly, I will go with you, Deborah said. But because of this course you are taking, the honor will not be yours, for the Lord will deliver Sisera into the hands of a woman. Now, here is where the baddest woman in the Bible enters. But before we get into it, I just want to recap what's going on here. For the last 20 years, Israel had been oppressed. Barak, he was the general of Israel, was told to gather 10,000 men and battle against Sisera. However, Barak's reply was half-hearted. It wasn't directly obedient. It had, it had a little hesitation. It had a little disclaimer with it, right? If you go with me, if you go with me, Deborah, prophetess, I will go. But I want you to go with me because you are the access that I have to God. 
he wasn't trusting in her word. He wasn't trusting that God would go with him. He wasn't trusting that what God had asked him to do, he could do. So he gave. Yes, but with doubt and stipulation. You see, when you doubt, you disqualify yourself from stepping into what God has for you. Today, I want you to understand the ability to step up is not determined by your stature, but by surrender. Your ability to step up is not determined by stature, but by surrender. By surrender. Barak should have been the one to defeat Sisera. He was the general of Israel. He was the one called by God. But yet, he gave a half-hearted response due to doubt. You see, delayed obedience truly is disobedience. Delayed obedience is disobedience. Too many times, I know that this is something that I have personally struggled with, I sit and I question God, and I doubt, and I and I just pick it apart, and I overanalyze, question, and we miss out on what God had for us when we obey Him. Then enters Jael. She was not the general of an army. She's not a prophet. She wasn't a queen. The only thing we know about her is that she was a wife. She brought great victory to Israel, though, because she understood that her ability to step up wasn't due to stature. It wasn't because of what she could perform, but because of surrender. We see this in the, the life of David when Samuel came to, to anoint the new king over Israel. And he looks out over all of Jesse's sons, and he's like, oh, there's the one. He's the eldest, or there's the one. He's the most handsome and biggest and buffest. And God says, no, 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 no. He says in 2 Samuel 16, 7, the Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance. The Lord looks at the heart. This is exactly what we see in the story of Jael. God looked at the heart. He gave Barak the opportunity to be the one to lead Israel. But he had the stipulations. He had the doubt. He had the second thoughts. And so God was looking for somebody else. And he saw in the heart of a woman, much like Mary, in the birth of Jesus, he found somebody who would say yes. And so Sisera flees on foot to the tent of jail the wife of Heber, the Kenite, because there was an alliance between Jabin, king of Hazor, and the family of Heber, the Kenite. So there's this, this agreement that he could come to them in, in a case of some kind of attack. And so there he is. And Jael went out to meet Sisera and said to him, come, my lord, come right in. Don't be afraid. So he entered her tent and she covered him with a blanket. I'm thirsty, he said. Please give me some she opened a skin of milk, gave him a drink, and covered him up. Stand in the doorway of the tent, he told her. If someone comes and asks you, is anyone in there, say no. 
a jail, Heber's wife picked up a tent peg and a hammer and went quietly to him while he lay fast asleep. Exhausted, she drove the peg through his temple into the ground and he died. Just then, Barak came in pursuit of Sisera, and Jael went out to meet him. Come, she said, I will show you the man you are looking for. So he went in with her, and there laid Sisera, with a tent peg through his temple, dead. On that day, God subdued Jabin, king of Canaan, before the Israelites, and the hand of the Israelites pressed harder and harder against Jabin, king of Canaan, until they destroyed jail that's that savage wasn't she like come on a normal ordinary woman put yourself into her her shoes for a moment here comes the king right this commander of an army he's fleeing because of Barak. they have an agreement everything is on one slip up, right? Like one, one little, he rolls over and he wakes up as she has the hammer and she's gone. Her husband's gone. Her kids are gone. It's over. The fear, the doubt, the questions that were flooding through her mind as she picked up that peg and hammer. Her heart beating fast and faster as she is about to kill the innocent. See, Barak allowed doubt to be tied to his obedience. But Jael pressed through the doubt. It wasn't swayed by feelings. You see, obedience has to be objective, not subjective. Obedience has to be objective, not subjective. So what does objective mean? It means that you're not swayed by feelings or personal opinions, whereas subjective means that you are swayed. Like whatever you feel like that day, whatever you think, whatever other people are telling you, it's all subjective. Jail was objective. She didn't hesitate. She didn't waver. Maybe today you are feeling like the most unsuspecting person to be used by God like Jail or like Mary, a virgin, a young lady. You don't feel like you're the right person. You don't have the wisdom, the knowledge, the age, the experience, the skills to do what God has asked you to do. You can let that fear, that doubt, to cause you to waver, cause you to doubt, cause you to question, cause you to hesitate like Barak did. Obedience is not subject to our feelings to the word of God. What does God's word say? What has he been telling you in your prayer time? What is God revealing to you? Too many times we allow our feelings or our doubts or our fears to cause us to jump into what God has for us. But we must trust the word of God. We must trust what he has told us in our heart because if we're walking in line with him, if we know what he is telling us is true, that we've been studying his word, it lines up with his word, we've been, we've been praying and asking him to direct us, and, and he's leading us towards this, this path that was before us. If, he is, if we're walking in line with him and we're reading his word, we don't need to doubt. We need to press into what he calls us to. Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10, 5 and 6, 
we destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience until your obedience is complete. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. We take our thoughts captive. Every fear, every doubt, every insecurity or hesitancy must be taken captive to what Christ asks of us. What he tells us must fall in line with him. Everything. You see, your obedience to be used by God is not linked to your personality. It's not linked to your leadership style or your athletic ability, your family, or how many people like you or don't like you. It's not based upon your looks, your ethnicity. Your ability to be used to God is linked to your obedience, to your heart. So whatever you do today, as we come to a close in this series, I want you to understand that comparison will crush your ability to be obedient. It's easy to look around, right? And see the other people around us and compare ourselves. Look at what they've done. Look at where they came from. They came from a godly family. Of course he should be the pastor of a big church or a missionary in this massive organization or a business leader at this amazing business. It's easy to compare and say, I, I don't have what it takes. No, that's not what God is looking at. God truly uses people in amazing ways who have nothing of earthly stature. Stop comparing. She could have, Jael could have looked at Barak and said, oh, he, if he can't do it, well, I sure can't. Could have looked at Cicero and said, this guy has everything at his fingertips. He could destroy me with just one flick of the wrist, right? Like, she could have looked around and said, I'm just a, I'm just a housewife. But instead, she used what God had given her. Her charm, her ability to care and to be hospitable, to offer him what he needed. As you love pastors, the most unsuspecting person on the face of the earth rose up and was obedient and didn't hesitate, didn't question. She trusted God. How God did it, I have no idea. He must have spoken to her in her prayer time because she knew exactly what she needed to do. And she went for it. Because Jael was obedient, she was a fulfillment to Deborah's prophecy, and she brought victory to Israel. How powerful. God can use an ordinary person, and he can use you. No matter where you come from, no matter your background, God is asking you today, will you step up? Will you be a savage for me? No, he's not calling you to kill a person, but he's asking you to use what you have available, the gifts that he has given you, the anointing, the calling that he's placed on your life. If you are a child of God, you have been called, you have been anointed to do a work that neither I nor Billy Graham nor whoever you think is pretty awesome in this world, you can do it. He has called you. Will you step out and do what God has asked you to, to bring glory to God? 
how many people gave glory to God because of Jael's obedience. Will you do that in your life? Step up. Step up. It may seem insignificant to you, but just be obedient. Because that one person that God has called you to impact may change the world. What will this generation look like if everybody who called themselves a follower of Christ was obedient to what God asked them to? To step up. To let God be glorified. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person listening today would step up, would say yes to you, would put away their family heritage, where they came from, the gifts or no gifts that they feel like they have, that they would just set it down and say, Jesus, I am here to be used by you. I lay down all these hesitations that I've put in place of my obedience, my fear, my doubt, my insecurities, my character flaws, my sin, I put them down and I step forward to what you have. I lay it aside and I say yes to Jesus today. In your name I pray, Father, go forth now and empower your people to be obedient. In Jesus' name, Thank you so much, Nexus Church family, for joining us today. And I'm so excited to see you again next week as we take a look at a Thanksgiving message. See you then.